most important thing is to keep learning. And I would say be an infinite learner and nobody's infinite learner born like that. And you cannot become over overnight, but you need to practice that because you need to constantly grow yourself um, as the founder, as a CEO, any team member, you constantly need to grow. So growth is the only solution. And um, that would be my, my advice. Just keep learning no matter what you need to enjoy learning and um, it will give you really, really good results. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that has grown several business, startups and small businesses into seven and eight figure companies, as well as the founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where we help startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. And today we have another great guest on the podcast, and I'm probably going to mispronounce your name, Nadia Baru. Is that right? Sounds good. Close enough. All right. So, uh, Nadia, is it Nadia? I don't want to mispronounce it the whole, so is that correct? With T, Natia. Natia. All right. I'll do my best. I'll probably still slaughter it. Um, But Natia is uh, started her journey at 17 when she had a teacher that helped her fill out an application to do uh, an exchange program to study in the U.S. um, and kind of gained a respect or, I don't know, an admiration or a love or whatever you want to call it for that system and for helping other people out around the world to have experience of going to other places and studying, getting an education. Went back to Georgia, the country, not the state, and uh, got, a, got an education as well as uh, then came back to, or for an undergrad, came back to the U.S. for a graduate degree. Um, went back to, I think, your home country for a period of time, had some goals you wanted to accomplish, you'll probably get into, and then decided, hey, Time I want to come back to the U.S., greatest country in the world. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, and moved to Silicon Valley and started working with startups. And I think your first one was a Norwegian startup, um, was in charge of operations, moved over to some educational products and other things. And then, um, then, then after doing Silicon Valley for a while, decided you wanted to do your own startup. And that kind of brings it to where you're at today. And the, the way I at least describe it is it's kind of a LinkedIn for kids run by parents. And I, I'm stealing your word. So it's not really how I describe it, but how I remember it. So, Evan, you said it all. What else is left there for me? <laughs> I gave a really good summary because you have an awesome story. But now let's, uh, with that, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I need to figure out what stories I have left to tell. Well, you can, you can, I'm sure, tell the stories much better than I can. So let's go back to your journey. You were 17 and uh, your teacher was helping you out and let's go from there. Sure. First of all, thanks for having me. Um, so I'm Natia and I'm founder and CEO of Supergenia mm. and I'm a mom of three. That's a very short summary of how I would describe myself. And uh, you really summarized it well. Um, I always had a passion for education. This is how this whole journey starts. And it's also related to Supergenia. And I was 17 when I was an exchange student. And that was just an incredible experience. It opened a lot of doors. It was a huge opportunity. Um, and since I really enjoyed that, and I really enjoyed being in the school in the United States, I loved the system. When I went back to Georgia, uh, for my to continue my study bachelor's degree, I realized that I really want to help others to experience the same, to have the same opportunities that I, I had experienced here. But now, first, maybe to, I miss it. where now you came to the U.S. Where in the U.S. did you do your exchange program at? You, it was in Rhode Island, the smallest state. 
I was in a Greek family, beautiful people. I'm still in touch with them. Um, and um, so I went back to Georgia and I decided, okay, I definitely want to- One more question I'm going to ask before I let you get off that topic. So you did the exchange program. How was it? So I'll, I'll share my own experience and ask my question. I went to Taiwan for a religious mission for my church for a couple of years. Completely different culture, different language, different food, different just about yeah. everything. And there was a bit of, I loved it and it was a fun time, but it was also a bit of a culture shock. So coming into the U.S. to do an exchange program, to study in that, was it a culture shock? Was it exciting? Was it fun? Was it all of the above? Or how was that for you? It was definitely a shock, of course. Uh, so you do speak English, like English was the least problem, honestly, that I had. But mm. being away from your family, I cried maybe like two months nonstop. Uh, just to adjusting being on your own. But again, it really depends on where you end up. And the family was incredibly sweet and nice. And it was a Greek family. So religious wise and all culturally, I felt home. So it was just adjusting for being alone by yourself, being independent. And from that small country, suddenly you're in this huge country, like everything is new. And But that's where my self-discovery starts and um, I'm really grateful for that experience and with that self-discovery what I discovered was that I wanted to do more I wanted more of this um, interesting and different education so when I went back to Georgia I decided to pursue my degree in a public policy focusing on education this is why I came back for my graduate study in the United States. Mm. And again, when I went back to Georgia, all my professional career was in education. And I really enjoyed working with youth groups. I really realized that, okay, um, education policy, education tech, mm. everything that we were creating there was good, but I always wanted to do something else, something extra. And this extra was always working with kids, like helping them to build some companies, build associations, or just creating some competitions for them so they could be easily discovered. And um, what I'm mostly proud of, despite all, like, all the uh, work that has been done in Georgia, um, in education sector where I was involved, what I remember is a competition that uh, we built in partnership with NASA that really helped kids to kind of showcase their talent. Mm. Um, it's been still going on. It's been six years now. And it just really, I love the fact that I started something that keeps opening the door for the kids. Um, so there was something that I really felt good about. Um, and then um, I moved to Silicon Valley, started to work for the startup, incredible experience again, because that was my first startup experience. And uh, that's when I realized that uh, by nature, I'm a problem solver. And I, I felt that, okay, this is where I belong. And especially it was a huge shock coming from the policy background, mostly in Georgia, mm. a tech background, but like fully like startup completely different environment. Um, and I, I just loved it. Um, it was um, a really interesting experience. A lot of things where um, we made a lot of mistakes and and we also initiated a lot of um, interesting products through that. Um, so, maybe one question before I dive too into that. So Georgia, you did some policy work. You worked on, I think it was reform K through 12 in Georgia for quite a while. How did you kind of, before you moved to Silicon Valley, did the startup and everything, how did you kind of I arrived to the conclusion you'd reached your goals, you'd met what you wanted to do and you, or it was time to move on, you know, how did you kind of come to that realization? And then kind of as a follow-up question to that, how did you decide, okay, I met my goals. Now I want to go to Silicon Valley. So how did you kind of make those decisions? 
Well, um, Silicon Valley, I think, was just a next step in terms of, again, seeking uh, what is next. I already knew that I wanted to make a change, and this change was around education. I felt that in Georgia, actually, I've done all that I could do. Um, and then I realized that if you really want to make a big change, it has to be technology. And if you want to do anything about technology, you have to be at this center where this is all done. And this is a Silicon Valley. And uh, it will not be fair to say that it was just my decision. Um, my husband is an entrepreneur. It was his vision. It was our joint decision to move here. And that was the best decision we ever made. Um, right. and He's been like great partner. He's really helping me um, to build my company as well. Um, he is in agriculture, I'm in education, but we are really um, helping each other to grow as founders. Um, and um, yeah, this is a story. I mean, we decided to move because we saw that for developing professionally and accomplishing what we really want to do, this is the place to be. But it wasn't easy because at that point we already had three kids and uh, moving into a new life. Was, one question on that, so was your husband from the US? Was he also from Georgia or how did that connection make it? My husband is also from Georgia. Okay, so neither of you are from the US, but you said, hey, our next step is Silicon Valley, here we come, that's kind of the tech hub. We yes. can make the most impact on startups in Silicon Valley with technology helping people around the world. Is that about it? That's exactly how it happened. We always have a plan, mm. uh, like a family plan. Okay, we're here now, but what's next? What are we going to do in the next five years, next 10 years? Mm. Uh, so Silicon Valley was just the plan <laughs> that was on the map, and we executed it. Um, so I was very lucky to work at the startup that I mentioned, the kids, um, social media for kids. I learned a lot, and that's when I realized that I take on my own journey. Um, I was ready as a founder, but I was not quite sure what exactly to do. I knew it was about education. I knew I was at the right place. All my mm. policy and tech work that I had was already enough to start my own business. But I was still thinking, what is it? What exactly, how exactly I can do that? And then um, I just read an article about this um, um, movie producer from Lebanon. Her name is Nadine Labaki and how she found this kid um, just in the streets. She was shooting a movie. Um, movie's name is Capernaum. It was nominated for the Oscars and there was just a story of how lucky this kid is because he was just found by the movie producer in the street and suddenly became a um, movie star and his life changed forever. Then they moved to Norway and I think they still live in uh, Norway. And that's when I realized that, okay, but what if instead of looking and searching for this particular kid in the street, there was another way to find the kid? Hmm. What if it was a platform where you can simply filter and search for specific talent that you're looking for? And it was not only a talent that Nadine was um, looking for in the, that particular case. She re The movie was about the refugees and she wanted a kid who has been through that experience, who had that pain, um, who can not only play that, but who would bring that um, into that movie, that real experience. And this is why she went from the camp to another camp into the streets to find this kid. And this is actually where it started. It just... I felt that, okay, now I know I'm going to build a platform where you can find any talented kid in the world. And mm. I really uh, believe that um, your place of birth should not define your destiny, but your talent should. 
but mm. the talent needs to be grown. You need resources to grow the talent. And this is exactly what Super Genia is trying to fix. All right. So no, I, I think that gives me, or it gives I think the audience a, a pretty good overview of your journey. Now, a couple of questions to follow up. So how long were you in Silicon Valley before you came, or how long did you work for the Norwegian startup? Were you in Silicon Valley before you jumped into your own startup? I think it was over three years um, that I was in that company. And um, so when I had my idea ready, it, I, it, I still took some time to really figure out the details of it. Mm. And then um, MVP was launched this January, 2020. We're still at early stage, but really growing um, organically. And um, it's been incredible experience working with our users and being in touch with them, mostly parents. Um, even though the platform has two sides, on the one side we have parents who are creating their kids' um, digital portfolios, owning it, managing it, and growing it over the time. And on the other side of the platform, you have um, individuals like coaches, teachers, or institutions like schools who are looking for that specific talent. Um, so let me let me explain what Super Genia is. Um, so think of it as a LinkedIn of LinkedIn for kids, as you just mentioned, but run by parents. Um, so instead of a kid being a user, it's a parent who is a user. So you register, and I know you're a parent, I remember that. So you would create your kid's portfolio and it just keep building it. It can start as early as four, um, when they're four years old, because depending on the country where you are, your needs are different. For example, like in Hong Kong, I've been in touch with the parents and even to getting to the very good um, the quality preschool, you it's very competitive. So parents are trying to build portfolios starting from age four to kind of demonstrate their kids' talent to end up in a really nice, um, the preschools. Um, so once you start building that portfolio, it can go up to like any age, I think up to like, I assume around like 16, 17, that's when the kids will be switching on to a more professional network, let's say LinkedIn, but all the way since your age four, as you grow, as you build your education, you get some experience, different courses, different um, uh, schools you attend, it's all recorded there. So instead of keeping your certificate somewhere in your uh, file cabinet or on your wall, everything that you demonstrate, everything that uh, you have accomplished is on Super Genia account and parents are in charge of that. They're, they're, um, they're managing that. So that's, um, that's Super Genia. So now you do that and you, and you mentioned a couple. So diving into the product just a little bit or, or you know, the service or product slash service or whatever it might be, is you know is it for kids at four years old to go get a job <laughs> which i assume not not necessarily but you mentioned you know for schooling for getting into whether it's elementary or preschool competitive you know so what are kind of the motivations why why would you what would be the motivations or reasons why you would uh, generate an account as an apparent for your kid or what would be the benefits Definitely. There are multiple things the parent would do. Well, first of all, it's just a place where you keep recording all the progress. And then what do you do with it once you have the digital portfolio for your kid? Um, so 
the end result is find the resource that you're looking for. And this resource could be an education or it could be an internship, depending on the age of the kid, right? Mm. What the parent is looking for. Um, let's say you are a very talented basketball player and maybe you're a Ukraine. And um, okay, your parent knows that you're talented and maybe they want you to study in the United States. What do you do? You create portfolio on Supergenia and then you search for the coach or for the school that you think is good but um, maybe you need some extra advice. So I really want to engage guidance counselors who will be working with the parents to help them to map out the whole career, short term or the long term, the whole education path um, for their kids. So once the parent knows the path that they're on, they can reach out to the specific coaches or specific teachers, specific schools, and share the kid's portfolio. And suddenly schools, and it could be the opposite way too, like I really want schools to use it as a tool to find the talent they've never had an opportunity to find. My kid, I have three kids of my own, and um, she applied for the middle school this year. Um, and the whole process that we went through, I mean, I was thinking that, okay, the schools are only selecting from the pool of the kids who are applying to them who are right here, who know about the school. But what if you never had a talent, let's say, um, Nigeria or or even specific talent. Let's say you want to find a kid who's nine-year-old female who's playing um, chess, knows Japanese, and I don't know, like has some particular ethnicity you're looking for, right? Like you never had that particular country represented in your school. So why not use Super Junior for that particular purpose to find the talent and connect with the parent mm -hmm. and um, opening the doors and giving opportunity to that kids. And um, there are different um, examples of that, of course, just like Nadine Labaki's case that I mentioned. And in sports, it will be very popular, I'm sure, because there's so much uh, global talent in sport. Right now, I'm working with one of the parents whose kid is um, very talented in gymnastics, and they're specifically looking for a school in the United States, in, in Maryland, like for a particular uh, reason. And um, it's just a tool for them to search and find or let's say you are you as a parent um tell me what what is your kids talent just some simple talent that they have it doesn't have to be like very specific do they play chess do they play soccer like anything um i'll give you so my my one kid or my oldest son or my only son but my oldest kid um he does a lot on uh he's yes he, he does chess as he does and he also is uh, very good with geography so he actually he knows geography a lot better than I do. You can ask him almost any country. He can tell you where it's at, what part of the world it's in, everything else. A lot of, and then similarly, um, he can also tell you really a lot on the, a lot of the world history, or, or at least for war. So he can tell you who started World War One, who started World War Two, which our allies were on which sides, which axes were on which side. So that'd be a few things if I were to tout his talents. Yeah. So, I don't know, let's say chess or history, whatever, you decide, okay, is there any competition? Maybe he participated, let me just put it on his digital portfolio. Maybe when you want to apply for the middle school, all this information is ready, so you can easily integrate all this information in a particular, uh, let's say, platform that they are using. Um, this is, for example, what I experienced with my kid. Or maybe you want to get in touch with the 
some superstar teacher in the world of the history, like a very special teacher. And now everything is digital. We know that it doesn't physically have to be there, right? And mm. what if you could find the teacher through super genius and your kid gets in, engaged, or mm. maybe you want to plan his journey and just like you had um, some trip in um, Asia, maybe you will find some special school for him where he will get a different experience. Um, so different things that you can do, or if your kid wants to study language and they, he takes this language course, why don't you just, you can easily find the course uh, through Supergenia. So all this content, any courses or any tests that you're searching, definitely it's the content that is created by the third parties, but it's just searchable, Supergenia. Mm -hmm. So I don't want parents to have any problem. Like this is one place for you to be. You're searching anything for your kid? Okay, this is the place where you can find it. And once you have completed it, the, the score is there because if the school is looking for your kid, they could look at the detailed portfolio of their education and all the tests they have taken, all the scores are there. And you choose if you want to use this um, portfolio, if you want to be public or private, because mm. maybe you just want to keep it for yourself and just share with your family and friends and brag about all his um, history achievements and all the competitions that he, he goes through. Um, maybe so jumping in. in charge. So I think that paints a, a good picture of kind of maybe a few of the ways you'd use it, a few of the use cases, why parents either may want to share it, use it, build a portfolio, whatnot. So you had this idea, you figure out kind of a few different use cases. Then, you know, once you did that, how was it as far as building the company? Meaning, did it just take off and everybody wants to use it? Was it a slow build, took a while to build up? You have tons of users, you have a few users. Or kind of how did that progression go once you decided to build it and what the, the product would be? Yeah, so once I figured out this is what I wanted to do, then you become obsessed with it. Like you cannot wait. It has to be real. And uh, as I mentioned, the MVP was launched in January 2020. And it's very simple, um, the very simple product. Even though we have over 1,000 users, but it, it does not allow you to do a lot of things, not all the features that we have envisioned. At this moment, you can only create the portfolio, you can share it. But um, and then you cannot wait. You just want to keep building it and uh, to get there where your vision is, um, to allow parents to have uh, like any tool, this sophisticated tool. And uh, we're still in the building process and um, we will be launching completely new design, which will have all the features that I just described in about in two months. And I just cannot wait to do that. So we're just very busy focused on that, finishing the design and launching the new product. And, and that's when it's gonna take off and we'll be talking to all the parents, not only from the 30 countries that our users come from right now, but all over the world, I'm sure. And so many interesting cases will be happening. And I just wanna mention, it's such an interesting moment when you connect with the parent. And I'm trying to use this moment while we're still kind of young as a company to really connect individually with the parents and nothing can compare to this feeling of when they trust you. And I always try to have face-to-face -face conversations with them. I explain like where I'm coming from, why I'm building this company, what I believe in, that I'm mom myself of three kids, because I really want them to understand exactly what we're doing. And their trust is just incredible. When they tell you all these details, what is their need? And when you think of it, how you can fix it, um, I feel that I finally found what what would be my life purpose and I'm just so happy every day. It totally doesn't feel like work. It's I'm very helpful, grateful and uh, very happy to do that. 
Awesome. Well, I think that's uh, that's exciting, both on uh, where you where the journey has led you to today and what the, the prospects are in the future. And that will be fun to see once the you switch over from beta to full launch with all the features and how it uh, gets evolved and adapted and then, and how people use it. So good luck. And that's exciting. Now with all that, I always ask two questions as we kind of get towards the end of the journey. And so maybe we'll jump to those now. First question I always ask is, so within your journey, all that you've taken, what was the worst business decision you ever made and what did you learn from it? Um, I think the worst so far that happened was our, um, the way we managed the, the COVID, the reality after the COVID, um, because of course nobody could, uh, could consider and knew that it was coming. And, uh, so suddenly it happened and overnight the reality changed and all, all the parents are home and parents are online. And even though we were growing um, steadily and really working with the parents, we, we were not really ready to engage with them at that scale. And um, I, I wish we just had more resources at that moment to use it uh, more efficiently. Um, and, but definitely I cannot complain because it has, um, we have benefited and the users um, have increased over this time. But again, we could have been more um, maybe thoughtful about it and quickly adapt to this new change and more engaged with the parents. So that would be um, the mistake so far. But what we learned is that you just have to be so flexible and immediately things change really quickly and you just have to adapt. But that's the nature of startup. You just never know what change is coming, but you just have to be ready no matter what. All right. No, I think that that certainly makes sense. And I think that that was a lot of, you know, a lot of companies had to figure out how to pivot or be flexible or otherwise adapt to COVID because it certainly wasn't something you would normally anticipate as a business. But on the other hand, if you don't adapt to it, you don't pivot, you don't adjust to it, then it can be a, a much bigger impact on your business. So I think that's a mistake that many have learned, many people have learned from. So now we'll jump to the second question, which is, so you're talking to someone that's just getting into a startup or a small business, what would be the one piece of advice you'd give them? Um, it's most important thing is to keep learning. And I would say be an infinite learner and nobody's infinite learner born like that. And you cannot become over overnight, but you need to practice that because you need to constantly grow yourself um, as a founder, as a CEO, any team member, you constantly need to grow. So growth is the only solution. And um, that would be my, my advice. Just keep learning no matter what you need to enjoy learning and um, it will give you really, really good results. All right. Well, I, and I and I'm a big proponent of continuing to learn. Meaning, if you can, what whatever industry you're in, whatever you're working on, the difference between whether you can keep, you know, be productive, you can keep up on the industry and keep ahead of the competition, is whether or not you can continue to learn, adapt, and otherwise be or continue to improve. And that can be the difference between getting left behind versus staying ahead of everybody. So I think that's a great piece of advice. Well, if people want to find out more about your platform, use it, sign up for it. They want a job there. They want to invest there. They want to do any role of the above. What's the best way to connect up with you? Email, um, LinkedIn. I'm very active on my LinkedIn. I would love to have conversation with anyone, any parent, any company who wants to be part of Super Genia. And I really want to thank you for this opportunity because you are opening uh, doors for us because more people will learn about the company and, um, I'm just very happy to be here and have this opportunity to talk about the company and what we do. 
Awesome. Well, I certainly uh, appreciate you coming on. It was fun to hear your journey and uh, to get a bit more of an insight as to the, the future of uh, portfolios and platforms for kids. So thank you. Um, now for all, the, all of the, everybody that's a listener, if you have your own journey to tell, make sure to go to inventivejourneyguest.com and we'd love to have you on as a guest and hear your journey. Also, if you're a listener, make sure to click subscribe so you get notifications on all the new episodes as they go live. And lastly, if you ever need help with any patents or trademarks, feel free to reach out to us at uh, Miller IP Law. We're always here to help. Thank you again for coming on. It's been a pleasure. It's been fun. And I wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. Thank you, Devin. Thank you so much. We'll keep in touch.